Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Ryan Rosenberg from FileMaker, who will be talking about the paperless office. We'll also hear from John Martellero of the Mac Observer and tech columnist Dan Berg. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. Yeah! Ryan Rosenberg, Vice President for FileMaker, the company that makes a database application that you've heard of for so many years, part of Apple. Welcome aboard, Ryan. We talked to you maybe a year or two back, and I'm glad to have you back again. Thanks. Really happy to be back here. Now, just to preface this conversation, before we started, I printed a document. What kind of document? Well, I keep a written log of the show, so we know how long segments are supposed to be. We know where the commercial breaks go. And that's something I've done for many years. All right, this is normal for my procedure. I've been using paper logs for broadcasting for years. I know a lot of stations, by the way, use logs on the screen. Now, we've been hearing, Ryan, about a paperless revolution since the 1980s. You know, we have computers. Why do we need to print paper? And it looks to me that we use more paper than ever. I haven't seen the stats. I have two printers here, by the way. So obviously, I'm stuck with paper. We've heard the paperless revolution. What do we do to get away from this? Well, I think the first question is, um, does paperless mean no paper? Now, it seems like a funny thing to ask. But I always ask myself, where's paper hurting me? For example, if before you uh, do a show, you print out a, a little guide for yourself for the show, put it on your desk, I don't think that hurts you much. That's fine. That's an okay use of paper. But if you have to print out that guide for the show, then hand it to someone else who has to scan it and retype it into another computer who then has to print it out, pass it on to someone else who adjusts it and then makes a bunch of binders that sit on the shelf, maybe that's hurting you. So I think I would look at paper and say, where is the use of paper hurting you in your business, in your personal life, in your professional life, and how do you eliminate those problems? Rather than saying, I'm going to eliminate all paper for all time. Let me give you an example of where they really waste paper. And I'll tell you this. Okay. So as our listeners know, I've been going through a gastrointestinal thing for the past month. So I went to the doctor, and the normal process when you go to a doctor is you fill out these forms, you know, listing your medical conditions, listing your medications, obviously agreeing to pay the bill, listing your insurance and all that. Now, first question I have before we get to part two, and I'll give you part two in a moment, Ryan, is why can't we do that from an online forum? Why do we have to sit there for half an hour? And maybe you're going to a doctor and you're in distress. You don't want to not bother with this nonsense. You just want to get it over with and be treated. Instead, you're sitting there and you're filling out these dumb forms. Why can't you do that online? Well, a couple of reasons. I think one reason is a, a lot of doctors might think it's difficult to put the form online. They, they may struggle with, you know, how do I do that? Is there something easy for me to use? There's a wide emergence of tools that make that very easy to put forms online. The other thing, too, is they have systems in the back office. Do they, they probably don't want you coming around the back, sitting next to the person at the front desk there and typing your stuff right into, you know, their system. What's nice about, you know, especially with mobile devices like, let's say, an, an iPad, you know, they could actually hand you an iPad, and you could sit down at your, you know, at the chair and enter the information and have it flow right into their system. So two changes there. One is it's easier than ever to create a form, put it on a, on a computer, put it on an iPad. Second thing is an iPad exists. Otherwise, they have to hand you a laptop or they have to hand you a desktop. I can't imagine them wheeling out a whole 
desktop computer and putting it in front of you to have you type your information. But I can certainly imagine them handing you an iPad and saying, hey, fill your information in this. Remember, he works for Apple, so he's talking about an iPad. But, you know, you could do it at home, too. They could give you a place where you set up an account and you enter your information at home. Either way, we understand that. Now, part two, Ryan. Part two is, so, like many people who get a little bit older, I opted to go for the colonoscopy. Now, they own the company that does the colonoscopy. It's right next door. But going for the colonoscopy, I then had to start filling out a form again. And I said to them, no, I already did that with the other company. And they said, well, that's a different company. So I said, do you have access to their records? So I induced them to go access the records from their affiliate company and copy and paste them and make a scan of my insurance information to re-enter it. Now, tell me if that's not ridiculous. You have two companies that are affiliated together. They're basically serving each other's needs. You have the doctor's in a group practice, and they run a small medical center to do testing procedures, outpatient surgery, same owners, different companies because of the various logistics. But why can't they just share information? I think that is ridiculous. And again, you know, we're talking about two things here. We're talking about paperless, and then we're talking about, you know, companies and their systems integrating. Obviously, they relate. If you can't have a company integrated system with in other companies, paper often gets generated in the process. Let me give you an example of a company that took a crack at this and really solved the problem. It's a company that we know of, they actually use our stuff. Uh, name is Lee Medical. And what they have is a system where they send out nurses to go and do procedures uh, in hospitals. So they might come if you're in a hospital, heaven forbid, and they come in and they, they need to do a procedure for you, the nurse will come in and do that procedure. And they need to have access to your records. And you have records that are related to the hospital, and you have records that are related to, to Lee Medical. And so what they do is they have a system back at their office that integrates with the hospital system so that they're sharing patient information. Furthermore, and this is a very important point, they make that information available to their mobile nurses on mobile devices, on a tablet. So they can sit there on that tablet and look up the information about you, mark how your procedure went. Now, here's the key thing. You, as a patient, may not be static. You may be moved around. In fact, it often happens that you might be moved from that facility, depending on what's wrong with you, to maybe another facility, like a long-term care facility. The beauty of the system is your medical data follows you around with a nurse. So the nurse will treat you there at the hospital. You go into the long-term care facility. They come in there. They have access to your same information on that tablet that's flowing back to their main office, and that office system is connecting off to the hospital system. So my point is, these things can be done. And I guarantee you that 10 years ago, five years ago, all of that would have been paper. They would have been taking a paper form with them. They would have been dispatched from Lee Medical. They would have a paper thing they would fill in. They would take it back to Lee Medical. Someone would have typed that in, probably got your name spelled wrong. Maybe they said they did a procedure, the wrong procedure. All that's eliminated by this. So that's what I think that's a really good example of paperless. You know, you've eliminated a key, pers- a key paper process out of that business. You as a patient are getting your information that follows you around. The nurse doesn't have to fill in paper. They can work online, and everything's linked up. Is that true everywhere in the world at once? Unfortunately, no. You gave an example of where it's not. Do we all wish that, it was like, that the world worked like that? I think we do. Well, here's another example of where you run into this. Anytime you go to a hospital, you know about this. Each person you visit asks you exactly the same question. And the reason they ask you the same question and the same group of questions is because they want to make sure they get it correct. 
because they don't want the error. But that's also wasting time. You're sitting there, and if you're going to a hospital, you're not comfortable. You might be in pain. We don't know. We're talking about what happened to me here. So instead of having an iPad, let's, let's call a spade a spade here, why not have the iPad that each person has? A doctor has his iPad. The nurse has her or his iPad. They simply consult it for all the information they need. They don't need all this paper nonsense. And you think when you're asking the same question over and over again, someone's not going to get it wrong? Well, you know, I think you've really hit on a key point, Gene, that we like to talk about, which is the, the wrong way to think about paper. Let's say in this case we're talking about a form, right, is to say, I will take the form and I'll put it online and I am done. If you take... If you take a, a form and you put it on a computer and then it sits on that computer, let's say that you do admissions and you, I admit you and I, instead of having to fill in a form, you put it, you know, you, you know I, I put that form on the computer, I fill it in there and it sits on my computer, what good have I really done? Because then you're going to see somebody else and they're not going to see that information. So the secret is not only taking the forms or the paper and putting it online, but putting in a system in place that allows everybody to share the same information. Let me do the break here, and then we'll pick up on it. Ryan Rosenberg is vice president for FileMaker. We've got more to talk about the paperless revolution, how we may get it to really happen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. 
Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2014 for 20% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Here on the Tech Night Out Live, Ryan Rosenberg from FileMaker is here to tell us about the paperless revolution. And I was using a personal example, my visit to a doctor and then to their affiliate medical center. We were talking about, of course, the fact that you've got all this duplication of paper and paper and paper. And you were mentioning here, of course, is that if you just enter things on a computer, it's on one computer, but you've got to integrate everything. Everybody who is serving the patient needs to have ready access to all the same information, accurate information, so they don't make mistakes. Sure. Let me give you another really good example there. There's a, a company called Seabreeze Farm. They're up, located up near uh, Seattle. They have a whole bunch of operations. They're, they're small business. They have cows. They make uh, artisan cheese. They have a restaurant. They sell the cheese in a store. So they have a whole bunch of things. They're probably the last people you'd think would be automated, right? They're probably using paper everywhere. But they're run by some people that are not very techie people, but they really want to use technology to be efficient. And so what they've done is they've automated all that. So what that means is that instead of going out with a clipboard to check on the health of the cattle, they take out a tablet and they have on there all the information they need to see about that cow, really important questions for running that farm, like when's the cow about to give birth, what, how they adjusted the type of food that the cow's eating, uh, once, once they've given birth, you know, 
to make sure that they're getting the good quality milk that they need to make the great cheese that they have. But they don't just stop there. Then they track all that information, the milk, how it flows into the cheese manufacturers. They can see on those same devices the cheese. When they go into the store, they can know whether or not the cheese is available so they don't run a special on cheese that, you know, they've just about sold out of. So they've taken all this stuff that was handled by paper and where, you know, the inventory was entered in one place on, a, on one document and then they couldn't see it over here and the cow was sick so that they had less milk to make less cheese. They've managed to bring all that together into one system. And they don't have any paper, but what's more important to them is that they don't have any of the problems that came with paper. So on the plus side, yep, they're saving a tree. On the double plus side, they're saving themselves and their customers a lot of troubles. And that's what I think about as the paperless office. It's not just taking a form and putting it online. It's hooking it all up so that you can flow the information through what you do in your life, what you do in your business, what you do in your process. Let's move quickly here in the remaining few minutes, maybe just some home examples. Now, everybody wants to save money on ink and toner. It's really expensive in the paper. Are there things people at home could do to avoid having this mess of paper? Well, absolutely. I mean, first of all, it starts, of course, by, hey, what paper do you have? Let me talk about one of the things most people have on papers. They have to-do lists, right? I mean, couldn't you put that to-do list on a device? What's really neat, again, one of the reasons that I love mobile devices so much and I love, you know, computing the way it is today is I can have my to-do list on my phone. I can see that same to-do list on my tablet. I can see that same to-do list on my home computer. And by the way, I can see it on my work computer, same to-do list everywhere. So anytime I think, oh, I better do that tomorrow, it doesn't matter where I thought it, I, I enter it, and it goes everywhere. That's so much more powerful to me, by the way, than just putting the information on, on a phone and having it there or putting it on a tablet and having it there. I like the fact that everything's connected up. Okay, so Mrs. Steinberg writes out her shopping list, which she does with paper and pen. She's better off taking her iPad and doing up the notice there. And then when I take my iPhone into the supermarket, I just look at it and I see all the things she needs. And I can mark them off as I buy them. That's how my wife and I operate, exactly like that, for that exact case. And it it saves a a, world of trouble. And I don't come home with the wrong thing nearly as much as uh, as I used to. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, so I think the the paperless revolution applies to everyone everywhere. But the key is not to say, I'm going to eliminate paper. The key is to start with what paper you have and where is that paper causing you trouble? Believe me, when I bring home the wrong thing from the, from the store, it causes me trouble. So maybe that's the one I focus in on. Start by identifying where paper is causing you trouble and then ask yourself, well, why didn't I automate that years ago? Why do I still use paper? You know, I think you'll find one of two reasons. One, the devices weren't available, but they are now. Now you've got a tablet, you've got a phone. Two, it was hard to hook everything up. But things are really connected now. And three, well, how do you put an interface together? And again, there's lots of wonderful tools. Of course, we like to talk about our tool, uh, FileMaker, but there's many other tools that are available that allow, make it very easy for people who are not technically advanced people to go and take and put simple paper processes, simple forms on their computer, on their phone, on their tablet. Now, is there anything that the student can do? Because you still have to bring in paper copies of your reports, except for schools that have switched to iPads. And I mentioned iPads because 95% of the schools that are using tablets are using iPads. Is there anything they could do there if the school has not yet switched to a tablet? Well, you know, I mean, I think that really comes back to what the requirements of the teachers and professors are. My father's a professor at a major university, and one of the projects he's working on right now is a project to put homework on computers. So, you know, a lot of schools are starting to move to have automated testing, where you take your tests online and such. 
but he's got a project where a, a, the homework process is still pretty paper-oriented. So people will get textbooks and they'll do the paper, uh, the homework on paper, and they'll turn it in on paper. And he's moving to an online system. This is for engineering students, where they they have the kind of the problems from the book are assigned online, and they can fill them in. They can get a little check mark to see how they're doing. They don't ever have to print it out, and the teacher can see it. Since it's not a test, there's no grading, but it helps them to do their paper online. And you can see it has a benefit. The person who's teaching the class can see for each student at a glance how they're doing on, the, on that problem. And if they, if, like, let's say a bunch of students are struggling with a certain concept, the next class they can spend more time teaching on it. So it's really neat. It shows that it's not just about taking the homework assignments and scanning them in with a scanner. That really wouldn't help much. Big deal. Okay, you, you have saved the tree. But what really matters there is not only the green aspect, but the sharing aspect. Well, if the teacher has access to all the information online, he can see if, for example, a group of students isn't doing as well. And certainly the school administration could say, you know what, 20% of your students, they're in danger of failing. We want them to obviously graduate high school, for example. We want to increase that ratio because it's better for them and better for their lives. And now having all this information at our beck and call and not in 400 different places, we could sit back and look at strategies to help improve their situation. There's an, uh, a school district, a Dodge City Schools, that um, it's in Colorado, isn't it? I think it's in Colorado. And um, they, they have a very major deployment of tablets. In this case, they have about 1,200 tablets. They are iPads in this case. And one of the really intriguing use cases is, is that kids are doing tests in the class, and the teacher can see in real time how the kids t- are testing. Exactly what you just said, that the teacher's able to know in real time what the classes are having problems with. So where it used to be they'd do the test, they'd hand it in, it'd have to go off to get scored on paper, it'd come back to the, I mean, it could take days before the teacher knows what's going on. Now, immediately, the teacher can say, okay, class, guess what we're working on this afternoon? You know, maybe we need to work on our spelling, whatever it is. But um, I think it's exciting when you, when you consider the, op- the opportunities that have emerged because there are new devices, because it's easier never to put paper forms online, and because it's easier to share. Those are the three key things. Very good. Thank you very much. Tell our listeners where they can find more information about FileMaker. Well, if you come to uh, www.filemaker.com, there's lots of information, including videos and demonstrations, and even free demo software that you can download. That's cool, the demo software. You give it a try and see if you like it. I know I started using FileMaker, what, back in the late 1980s? Goes back a long way. Ryan Rosenberg from FileMaker, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks. Always a pleasure. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com.
So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows you can't afford to wait so call 866-91-STEEL lock in your price now call 866-91-STEEL that's 866-917-8335 for over five years you've been hearing about the berkey guy so you may know a few things about him for example you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of berkey water filters and accessories But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products, most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Can heart and body extract help with other ailments besides heart conditions, high blood pressure, clogged arteries, or unbalanced cholesterol? It did for Karen. I've been using heart and body extract for approximately two weeks. I've had an earwax buildup problem for many years, with over-the-counter stuff not working at all. I had very poor hearing due to this earwax buildup. Well, after two weeks of taking heart and body extract, my earwax buildup almost completely cleared up. Could this be the effect of better body circulation? Heart and body extract is an effective 100% organic nutritional supplement specially formulated to allow your body to heal itself. My hearing is almost completely back to normal. I'm amazed. Order by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for long and healthy life. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer joining us now. 
And we've got a really large roster of subjects to discuss. So rather than just sit around and chit-chat, we're going to dive right in. Okay. Now, there is, of course, the Apple financials, where they did better in many respects than analysts expected with iPhone sales. And with Mac sales, they were better than anticipated. And now, of course, this week, Apple has speed-bumped very, very slightly, the MacBook Air, and cut the price down to $899 for the entry model. And that might be worth a discussion, but let's get into some other things. Let's get into the iPad, because there were a lot of concerns when iPad sales came in less than people expected. And it sounded like Tim Cook was doing a lot of spin about supply chain metrics that I think a lot of people didn't understand. So tell us, John Martellaro, is this what should be expected about the iPad? Is there a problem? What? Well, there's two elements there. Just as you said, there is an issue with uh, accumulation of uh, inventory. So in the last quarter of last year, as I understand it, there was um, some excessive inventory in the system. Then in the quarter after that, in in Apple's second quarter ending in March, there was significantly more sell-through, which bled off a lot of inventory. Sell-through means you sell it to somebody. Well, it depends on whether you're talking about selling it to the channel or whether you're selling it to the end user. For Apple, it's pretty much the same kind of. Because when they sell it into the retail stores, retail stores are essentially Apple. But there was some, there was some discussion by Tim about this business of sell-through. But when you look at it, it just was kind of a wash in general. And so there was a concern that Apple wasn't growing. You know, there is this Wall Street attitude that you have to continue to grow and grow and grow. And if the company is continuing to grow in all areas, then that, that justifies investment in a growing company. And then everybody pours money into the stock and then everybody makes money. Well, a lot of people make money, not everyone. So that is kind of the pressure on Apple. I started thinking about that, and there's two elements to it. One is North America, and and then there's worldwide. In in North America, where where people are fairly well off, they they pick a, a really nice product and they can afford it. And Apple's market share is really good. And it's not very much diluted, but when you look at worldwide, there are a lot of people who want to have a tablet, but they don't necessarily want to pay a lot of money for it. And so there's a market worldwide to promote Android tablets, what's called white box tablets. Now, I, I know the iPad's selling really well in China, but Apple's still subject to this sort of uptake in popularity of a tablet in general. And when the iPad first came out, it it appealed to a a certain group of people who embraced it and really rocked the sales. And Apple sold 210 million of them in four years. But now, as the product seems to be more and more viable replacement for a standard PC, you can expect there to be tablets that aren't quite up to speed in popularity and tablets that are more focused on, for example, app use and games as opposed to a quality tablet for research and, and using a browser the way you might use it for, you know, scouring the web and doing research and stuff like that. So my take is, is that it's a natural part of the evolution. 
as people start hearing about and wanting tablets and moving away from PCs, Apple's market share will naturally become diluted a little bit. Does that mean that Apple isn't delivering a quality product to its customers? Of course not. Does that mean that Apple isn't making a whole bunch of money selling tablets? Of course not. There just isn't that traditional surge when a company comes out with a new product and all the early adopters and the people who really need it jump on the bandwagon. And so I argued in my article back on April 24th that drop-in market share is a natural part of tablet evolution as the whole tablet category evolves. I don't think it's realistic to, to think that Apple can be the, the leader and eternally raise the market share uh, and sales of the, of the iPad. It just isn't going to happen. It's just a natural economic issue as more and more people want to compete with Apple. Everybody's got a tablet for sale. Here, buy mine. It's just as cool as Apple's. And look, it's cheaper. Well, of course, you can go to Walmart and buy a tablet for $50. But I would hesitate to comment about the usability. Tim Cook mentioned that in the earnings report. He said that when companies, for whatever reason, catalog these tablet sales, they throw everything in there that's declared a tablet. And Tim said that there are some tablets in that category that you know, he doesn't really think are in the same league as the iPad, and they don't really feel like they're competing with them. But That's, the people who catalog the sales market up, and so iPad's market share is diluted. Well, of course, the same thing happens in the PC world, where Apple has traditionally played in a certain price segment of the market and ignored others. Now, maybe that's changed now that the MacBook Air is $100 less. Supposedly, that puts it more into a sweet spot of the prices for notebook computers. I don't know. That was a very interesting decision, I thought, on Apple's part. Uh, I think a lot of people were expecting the new MacBook Airs to be retina, but that would raise the price instead of lower it. And so when Apple did what they did by lowering the price, I'm thinking, hmm, that may have been very clever. Do we need a retina display in a low-end MacBook Air, is it going to be good for Apple to raise the price of their low-end product? So I reflected on that for a while, and I thought, you know, that may have been smart. You know, we have this perpetual giddiness about, you know, newer and better, and, oh, the new product has got to have a retina display. Then, then Apple shows us that sometimes saner, cooler heads prevail, and they look at the marketplace, and they go, well, we can make some headway, especially with all the companies that are mimicking the, uh, the, the MacBook Air. You know, at the same time, a lot of the companies who are selling these so-called thin and light or ultrabook notebooks, they want to make them convertible with touch screens, and nobody wants to buy those things. I find that perpetually amazing. Yes. I mean, I, I, you keep hearing about it. People keep writing about it. Um, there's a, a sort of a certain percentage of the, of the technical journalists who kind of yearn for it. And, and yet, um, they don't sell very well. Apple's being pretty smart about that. And Tim, we don't, we, what is it, the fridge toaster? <laughs> we don't, the classic fridge toaster, the combination of an iPad and a, and a notebook computer. People do different things with these products. And, and so there, there's still a market segregation of what somebody wants to do with their notebook. And they certainly still don't want to sit there with a, MacBook in their lap, whether it's an Air or a Pro, and reach their hands out and get their screens dirty. A tablet's held in your lap. It's cozy. You can know, use a stylus. 
you know, it's a different experience. A notebook computer is, is got its own niche. You know, you sit there with it in your lap, you type, you create, you know, you use the trackpad. Um, it's just a meme that hasn't been broken yet. Maybe, maybe someday some company will figure out how to gracefully narrate it to, but it hasn't happened yet. Well, at the same time, nothing stops Apple from introducing a higher-end MacBook Air with a Retina display for those who might want one, maybe $100 more or something. Nothing stops them from doing that as an alternative. It just would not necessarily replace the primary model until such time as maybe the cost of displays isn't that much different. The other thing you got to remember is that Apple has this built-in mechanism in the iPads and iOS and also in uh, OS X to monitor what you're doing and look at the apps that you launch and the apps that you buy and how you're using it and your settings and so on. Apple has a pretty good feel for how people are using their products. And they also have a good feel for the marketplace and what people want. And you know what? We're going to find out what some other people want in just a moment. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. largest independently owned communications network GCN Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com it's hard to imagine when things are going reasonably well, just how quickly things can change. But what would it take? Economic collapse? Massive crop failure? Chemical or biological attack? So many situations could find you in the grocery looking to pick up food for your family only to find that the shelves are empty. There's nothing. Don't let that happen. Act today to make sure that if it ever comes to that, you and your family will be provided for. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com to look at the wide variety of survival foods available. Freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy store longer, rehydrate faster, are nutritionally superior to, and taste better than any other long-term storage food available. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com or call toll-free 866-404-360. Freeze dry guide.com 
great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy byproducts from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Hi, I'm Dr. Lorraine Hurley, and I've got news for you. In 2009, a team of doctors won the Nobel Prize in Physiology for discovering that the ends of chromosomes are protected by coverings called telomeres that control cellular aging. Immortalium nutritionally helps extend the lifespan of telomeres and is the most advanced anti-aging supplement to date. Healthy cell growth depends on healthy chromosomes, and healthy chromosomes depend on telomeres. Call 855-315-8326. That's 855-315-8326. Or visit drhurley.net. Hi, I'm Dr. Lorraine Hurley, here to tell you about an amazing pain relief formula. Unlike Tylenol, Advil, or Ibuprofen, Lavinity Pain Relief Formula is completely non-toxic and actually stimulates healing. Lavinity Pain Relief comes in a gel or capsule, and in my years of helping people, I've never seen anything like it. After rubbing a small amount on an aching muscle or a sore joint, many people report the pain is gone within a minute. Call 855-315-8326. That's 855-315-8326. Or visit drhurley.net for more information. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl live. And the first portion, we were talking about the fact that the changes in the iPad market share doesn't mean that the product is bad or not doing well. It just shows a natural evolution of the product, and we have to see where things go. All right, speaking of evolution everything, let's go to another topic here about Apple making so-called mid-course corrections that are driving professionals crazy. That, of course, is reference to an article he wrote for Mac Observer. What do we mean by that? For as long as I've been watching Apple, especially in the Macintosh era, Apple has always had this knack for cutting things loose, reinventing the future, sort of changing the way we use computers. It's not necessarily always just a change in technology, which we welcome, but uh, and sometimes it's very dramatic. The movement away from um, the floppy disk and the iMac the, the dropping of OpenDoc in 1997 when Steve K back to Apple was draining the resources, it was misdirecting them. The dropping of uh, the idea of 64-bit carbon and moving forward with Cocoa. It more recently, uh, changes to Final Cut Pro that annoyed video professionals, um, hearing mixed signals on that. 
Some think that Apple has you know, made appropriate fixes to Final Cut Pro, and others uh, remain disgusted. Apple was trying to broaden its audience a little bit. Um, Apple departs sometimes from enterprise uh, support that uh, annoys people. There was the cancellation of the XServe. A lot of companies were very appreciative of an easy-to-manage, awesomely well-built XServe one-u rack server for uh, their, their small company server. And then there's the departure from the, the classic Mac Pro with internal storage and expansion capability. And that's all part, in my mind, of the movement away from, from desktop servers to desktop storage. What's, what's changed the game is the ready and inexpensive availability, relatively, of RAID 5s, like the Drobos and the Synologies and... Um, other products, I don't remember the name of it, Other World Computing sells one. used to be that no individual could afford a RAID 5 system. Now, for half a kilobuck, roughly, you can get a two or four bay RAID 5 system. And if one drive fails, you're not so in deep water. You're just going to pull that thing out and swap another one in, and it rebuilds. And so this, this idea that you have to have lots of redundant storage inside a desktop server with cross backups and, and extra large storage, uh, you know, very few people need more than a couple of terabytes of storage. So when Apple went to the new Mac Pro, they were kind of really sizing up the industry and the technology and, and having a vision for a way forward. But no, there are people who go oh, we bought our, a lot of Mac Pros for our company and we need internal bays and we need these set of slots and, oh, Apple's abandoning us and they're forsaking the enterprise. And this has been happening ever since I can remember with all these, these things that Apple does that annoys. Well, customers. they assume things always have to be the same, that we always need the mini tower with the multiple right. PCI slots and the multiple drives and all that stuff. So if Apple moves to embrace changes in the technology, people freak. The same thing with optical drives, of course. Yes, absolutely. And, and so in an article I wrote on um, April 25th, I kind of described the situation and mentioned that this has been happening for a long time. But Apple also has to move forward. And there's a delicate balance between Apple's interests as, as a company and its success in the larger canvas of the competitive landscape and the needs of the business people who depend on Apple. It's, it's, it's a mistake to, for businessmen in the enterprise to fixate on things. As, as we know, there's still pockets, strong, strong pockets of Windows XP out there in, in business. And, you know, I want to tell you something here, too. I was over at a Bank of America today doing a transaction. I don't normally bank at Bank of America, but I had a client check from there, so I needed to cash it. And I heard someone talking to them about ATM problems, and the guy was mentioning, well, the other day we had to switch all our ATM systems, and he mentioned Windows XP. And I thought to myself, this bank is sitting there on this ancient technology for ATM uh -huh. machines, which have to be secure uh -huh. to protect the money of your client. And they're sitting there with this ancient technology for 13 years, and they only switched because it was a matter of kicking and screaming 
Microsoft pulled the plug. If Microsoft didn't pull the plug, they'd still have Windows XP on their ATM machines. Businesses hate to spend money on technology upgrades. They hate to spend money on very astute technical professionals who can move them forward gracefully. And they hate to spend money on quality hardware because it's money not in their pockets. So Apple's faced with all these issues in the business world, and they have have to walk sort of delicately through the whole thing. And, and sometimes there's a gentle nudge uh, on people, and Apple moves forward. And then there's a big fuss, and people complain. And so in last week's Particle Debris, I talked about how there's opportunities sometimes for companies to step in and fill a, a void where somebody uh, sees that Apple has sort of left a competitive hole in the industry and they can step in. And I pointed to uh, Box Tech, which uh, had a nice little video poking fun at the Mac Pro and, of course, pushing their own um, high-end super box. Box Tech is spelled with two X's. And uh, there's a charming, hilarious uh, video uh, of uh, two fellows having a conversation. One's very, very proud of his new Mac Pro workstation. Behold. And the other fellow is a high-end technical geek, and he says, well, can you overclock it? Um, Does it have uh, um, 24 cores? All those things you can can pay for if you want to in a high-end PC and rack up a system that's going to cost you fifteen or twenty thousand dollars. And remember, the Mac Pro is cheaper than comparable systems. <laughs> yes. Before you get to all the extra stuff, because remember, those Xeon processors, each one of those costs more than a fully configured iMac. Yeah, and not to mention the graphics cards too that, that uh, Apple's getting a really good deal on. Amazing! You want to buy those things separately? It's a couple of times more at least. Yes. So I kind of finished the article with saying, look, you know, you, you got to be a smart enterprise or business user. You use the best of Apple technologies. Be prepared to move forward smartly. Don't sit back and think you can keep everything forever. Plan on upgrading your technology. And when the need arises, there are companies that can fill the gap. And stop whining. So that was the that was that article. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well... Apple is not going to stop freaking people out by making changes that people didn't anticipate. I think the big complaint some businesses make is, if Apple's going to do this, give us a heads up. But Apple is selling first and foremost to consumers where there's heavy competition involved. And Uh they know that if they reveal things too early, Samsung's going to make the duplicate. Because Samsung is watching Apple, especially Samsung, because that's one of the companies that does more imitation than almost anyone else. They're going to sit there, and they're going to look at what Apple is doing. They're going to catalog everything, and they're going to find ways to duplicate it. So if Apple doesn't tell them, fine. But when it comes to developers, of course, Apple does give you the heads up on the operating system because this way they know you need to bring your apps into conformity. So as soon as they have something ready to show... You know what the next OS X is going to be. You know what the next iOS is going to be. And now, if you really want to beta test an OS X beta, you can sign up. Any Apple user, any Mac user can sign up for the beta. It's now available for anyone. All you have to do is say, I'm not going to talk about it. And you get the seeds. You know, there is one downside, though, that I forgot to mention in my article, and that is WWDC. 
when I was working with Apple, uh, the federal sales team and the other enterprise sales teams would identify key industry customers and they would invite them to WWDC. They'd get them a ticket. They'd greet them, drive them from the airport if they had to, you know, make sure that they were set up with the right sessions. They would have private briefings with vice presidents and people who uh, were at NASA and national laboratories and, and large companies could attend these WWDC sessions. Let's talk more about that in our next segment. Okay. About bringing people to the WWDC. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hootia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Here on the Tech Night Out Live, we're focusing on the various commentaries that John Martellaro has done for Mac Observer and also for The Street. And we're going to focus again on the various things that Apple does that freak people out, like the mid-course corrections. And you mentioned here, this is when you were working with Apple, how they bring in different categories of business people to the WWDC. You know, those sessions at WWDC, the state of the union and the directions of the technology and watching what things 
Apple was focusing on would give you a pretty good picture if you were in government or business where Apple was headed and what technologies they were going to leave behind. And in some cases, you got private briefings from sales vice presidents. Sometimes it involved uh, non-disclosure agreements. And, and that was a very effective way to overcome what we were talking about in the previous session about how Apple keeps things under wraps and surprises and delights the public. Well, nowadays at WWDC, it's not so easy anymore. It's a lottery. And it's very focused on smartphone development, iOS developers. And there is also a less emphasis on bringing industry people in. There's still private briefings, and Apple still has the Executive Briefing Center, too. A lot of people don't know about the Executive Briefing Center, but if you're an Apple sales executive, you have the opportunity to work with a very special team inside Apple, and you bring your customer in, and you do a day-long briefing with them, and you set up an agenda, and you hit all their hot points. And technology experts and subject matter experts will brief your customers on on solutions uh, on campus, uh, catering food in, and, and uh, excellent uh, presentation facilities, and and so on. But with the, with the focus, and, and they're still doing that. But the, the but the focus on uh, iOS and smartphones, I don't think we have that WWDC opportunity like we used to where it was more uh, relaxed and anybody who wanted to go, you know, back in maybe as recently as five years ago, if you wanted to go to WWDC, you just paid your money and went. Now you're not guaranteed at all. There's no space. They'd have to rent a facility much larger and they wouldn't have the resources to have developers tied up sitting there. Yeah, everybody tells me that. Um, I I don't believe it. I mean, Apple's a very resourceful a wealthy company, and if Apple wanted to, it could do more. Um, it has its own reasons for keeping things small. My wife went to Java One about a decade ago, and Java One commandeered every hotel in the area, and Moscone West, and Moscone North, and Moscone South, and all the hotel presentation rooms, and had 12,000 attendees. Um, and Sun wasn't a particularly rich company at the time, so it can be done. Um, I think Apple, and from my experience anyway, uh, Apple wants to make sure that this is a, a hot thing to do and, and, and greatly in demand. I know when I was doing presentations, it was a no-no to have empty seats. One more thing. So what I wanted to say was is that if you were going to do a presentation, they, people who were working with you would say, how many, think, how many do you think you'll have? And you say 50. And they say, okay, we're going to put 35 seats in. That was intentional. <laughs> of course. You want people to stand to show how the participation, how high it is psychological. All right, let's let's move on. Okay. So some people keep saying Apple needs to produce this product, and you can fill in the blanks. You know, when they had netbooks, Apple needs to make a netbook. Now it's phablets, larger screens, whatever. Let's get to another topic here, and that is Google Glass. We've got Google Glass. We hear about Wacky people running into restaurants with Google Glass, driving with Google Glass. Now, I think if I was a police officer and I pulled over somebody with Google Glass, I would say distracted driving before they even think of anything else. Like, officer, I was going only four miles above the speed limit, but look at those Google Glass. So should Apple make anything like a Google Glass? I think it's a ridiculous product. Apple has a lot of experience delivering hardware to customers, hardware that people delight in. Google's a company that is, is 
specialist in online search and online advertising. And recently there's been this experimentation with hardware. You know, buying Motorola that has not gone very well. Um, Google Glass is a technology that looked like it was going to be the future, but it wasn't really well thought out. The future of what? Well, eliminating the idea of a keyboard, you know, voice interaction, having a heads-up display instead of physical displays. In a science fiction sense, it's always better to, you know, have this information displayed in your visual field instead of a 12-pound chunk of glass. So maybe we should just plug it into your brain with a little implant. It's coming. I I believe that in time um, we'll have... uh, contact lenses that do the same thing that Google Glass is doing now. And it won't be nearly so offensive. But there there were a couple social things that that Google didn't really think out very very deeply. And and I saw an article by Jay Yarrow, and his comment was that intrigued me was, today people with glass on their faces are attacked unfairly because it's assumed that only the elitist rich Jerks wear glass. If this weren't, if this were this product were designed for the masses, that might have not have been the assumption. So when you think about Apple and how it takes its time and it hires these experts, and Apple's in the process of hiring MDs and a woman from formerly from the FDA and working out all the details and carefully defining a product, uh, presumably the iWatch that will be a, a joy and, and do something of value like help us monitor health and fitness something that's fundamental these days and that's, that appeals to people because everybody wants to be healthier and feel better and have better health and eat right. I mean, that's just, you know, a meme for the, for the modern era. But walking around with a piece of glass on your face that's cost $1,500 and, and um, you know, wearing it in the shower as Robert Scoville did and, and, and wearing it in public and, and, and not having any good sense, uh, taking it into bars, for example, and people worry about what you're doing with the video camera. Now, I know there's limitations. The battery doesn't last that long. You only have so many seconds of video, but people don't know that. They just see this elitist tech jerk with the thing on their face staring at you, and they think, you know, what's he doing and why is he doing it? So in the end, it, it didn't fit in with society. And, and, and there's also a little bit of technological pushback, too. People only want to be pushed so fast in, in technology moving forward. Things come at us every day. Everybody wants to come out with something new. And there's always some new product and a new you know, device like Fire TV or Chromecast, or some new device being thrown at us. And technology is moving really quickly forward. And sometimes people want to just pause and take a breath and say, what's, what's important in my life? What's valuable? And, and Google Glass sort of disrupted so many social norms in the midst of this kind of technology pushback that it kind of got a damaged reputation. And, and, and so all those cries that Apple had to furiously mimic Google in order to keep up with this wonderful company that's taking us into the science fiction future look kind of shallow now, especially in light of Apple's apparent preparation to, you know, help us with something really fundamental like health and fitness. So, um, you know, that's, that's, 
it's, it's, it pays for Apple to think deeply about how it can help people. Um, and it's a great contrast to uh, Google throwing things against the wall quite a bit. Consider all these crazy products. Consider all these product initiatives. You know, I understand here that Google thinks they're doing something by allowing all these unfinished technologies to be presented in the public and that somehow this is going to cause some miraculous effect when and if the thing comes out of this strange public beta process and that everybody will buy one at Best Buy. But in the real world, it's hard to think that's ever going to happen because is there a reason for that kind of product to appear in that form? John Martellaro of the Mac Observer joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Mike Stennerson for Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. 
With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shields law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Here on the Tech Night Out Live, we have John Martellero of the Mac Observer. We were talking about the value or lack thereof of Google Glass. I know I could have called up Google and maybe asked for one. I've had no inclination. Obviously, if Apple is going to introduce a wearable, it's going to be something that integrates with our lifestyles, becomes this indispensable device. Because everyone now who's envisioning, say, an iWatch, they think of Pebble. They think of this Galaxy Gear nonsense from Samsung. They look at what's here now and says, well, Apple's going to come out with one. Maybe it'll be prettier. But that's not Apple's way. You know, the initial thinking was that this watch would be a way station, that it would relay information to you from the phone in your pocket because, oh, I'm so lazy. I can't pull my phone out of my pocket and look at it. It has to stay in there, but I can look at my wrist and see what the time and the temperature is and so on. And pretty soon, the community came to a realization, no, you can't do that. People are not going to pay for $300 for a device that simply shows them what was already on their smartphone display. And they're not going to buy a device that's tied to a particular product, like the gears tied to the Samsung phones. It has to be a standalone device, something that's worth buying on its own. If it's set up right, hopefully you can. You don't have to be an iPhone owner to take advantage of the sensor data that this presumed smart band slash iWatch is going to collect for you. And that would be very smart by Apple because then you, people would be able to go out and buy the device independently of what smartphone they have. Just like people have been thinking that it was time for Apple to put some of its products on Android 
uh, like what iTunes or iTunes Radio or something like that. So I, I think the contrast between what Apple is trying to do and it's taking its sweet time and getting it right, and and the idea that you should beta test things on the public with just a few people and, and try to try to rabble rouse the popularity. You know, I really think Google was hoping that this beta test program would help them iron out the kinks and it would be wildly successful and they couldn't make enough of them. I was wondering, I don't have any um, data on it, but I was wondering the other day whether this one day on April 15th when you could, anybody could buy Google Glass, <laughs> I was wondering if maybe it was a way to clean out some inventory, move on to the next step. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a cynical thought. Let's move away from the cynicism and into some more of Apple's products. Okay, let's quote your talking point and go on. Making all those little black boxes irrelevant. Right now, all of the so-called accessory set-top boxes are variations of a theme. Even, of course, the Apple TV. You've got the Roku 3. In fact, I have a Roku 3 here that we're going to evaluate very shortly. You have the new Amazon Fire TV. Obviously, you have the little sticks like the Chromecast and things like that. But they're all variations of a theme. They're all sticking within a specific category of product. And all we think of is what's the next contender going to be in the war of the set-top box. What's your impression? My impression is, is that these little black boxes are just a, a technology phase. People don't have enough time in their lives to collect all these different boxes and say, okay, if I'm going to watch Amazon Prime, I'm going to buy a, a Fire TV. If I'm going to watch Google Play, I'm going to buy a Chromecast. If I'm going to watch Apple... Uh, iTunes uh, products, I'm going to buy an Apple TV. History has shown that people do not like connecting a lot of little boxes to their TV. They want something simple and elegant. History has also shown, and research has shown, that people get very confused about their inputs. If any doubts, just sit down with your spouse, male or female, and say... Do you know what you're watching and do you know how to change sources? And I go, well, now let's see. Uh, I got to figure out which remote. I got to figure out whether I'm watching the DVR, whether I'm watching cable, um, whether I'm watching Roku, whether I'm watching Netflix. What device am I watching it on? How am I getting it? How do I change? It's all unbelievably complex for a lot of people who just want to turn on the TV and have a delightful experience. And, and so this, this plethora of little black boxes is just designed in the short term to try to corral people into their ecosystem, to try to get people to pledge allegiance, pledge allegiance to Amazon or pledge allegiance to Apple, and this is the box I buy. And what do you get? Well, you get some sort of remote. Well, you don't get a remote at all. You have to use your phone. And you get search and you get a, listing of content. Well, what about that content? You know, if I want to watch, for example, Foils where, or do I know where to get it? How do I find it? Well, I can go searching on Netflix. Ah, there it is. Foils where is on Netflix. But in general, when you have too many of these boxes, you start losing track of what content you want to watch and where you're going to get it and how you're going to serve it up and select it. 
And then when you do all that, you find out that the box, unless you have some good technology, plugs directly into your TV's HDMI port. What does that mean? That means you're stuck with going through the TV's two stereo speakers. Now, a lot of new TVs, especially the 4K TVs, are loaded with speakers and has some advanced technology to allow it to, allow it to simulate Dolby. But unless you have a 5.1 system you can plug these things into and get good you know, Dolby sound out of, plugging a little stick into your TV is not really a great technical way to go. Well, you know, some TV sets do have optical out. Yeah. And they yeah. can, in theory, feed the output with full yeah. Dolby stereo and all its various and good, sundry Good forms. luck getting John and Mary from Biloxi, Mississippi to figure out how to do that. Good luck. Well, you yes. see, that's the whole point. The whole point is the integration. Right now, Apple TV is just like the others, a simple accessory device. It doesn't take over your experience. Worse, boxes like Roku have upwards of a thousand channels on them. So it's like getting a thousand different apps. At least with your cable TV, it's like one app that provides all the interface and the features. But imagine now a thousand different apps, each of which is slightly different, offering you different channels of content. Uh It would drive you crazy. It would drive me crazy. And people say, I am already crazy. And I could see using all these devices would be downright annoying. I think the key to an Apple TV, the ultimate success is for Apple to find ways to integrate and simplify the TV watching experience, not make it a toy for geeks to buy and play with their multifunction remotes and their learning remotes and doing all sorts of various and sundry things trying to just watch something. I want to watch House of Cards now. I've got to move to another device, launch Netflix, pick the show I want, and watch it. It's not integrated at all. John Martellero of the Mac Observer is here. And I'm Gene Steinberg because you're in the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount For all our listeners, 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Mother's Day is right around the corner. If you haven't ordered your Mother's Day flowers yet, make sure to visit proflowers.com for an amazing deal. ProFlowers has a Mother's Day special for radio listeners. Get 100 gorgeous blooms for mom with a free glass vase for $19.99. And if you want to make her day even more special, 
Upgrade to a premium base and add gourmet chocolates for just $9.99 more. Mom will be so happy when she unwraps her beautiful bouquet of blooms, guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least one full week. Each time she looks at her Mother's Day flowers, she'll think of you. But hurry, this deal expires soon, so make sure to place your order today. The only way to get this incredible deal is to go to proflowers.com slash radio right now and enter the code PLOW, P-L-O-W, proflowers.com slash radio code PLOW, P-L-O-W. That's proflowers.com slash radio and enter code PLOW, P-L-O-W. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hootia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Here on the Tech Night Out Live, we have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer, and we were talking about the existing structure of this streaming set-top box and how Apple would be one of the few companies in a position to change that because it's no good now. One of the things I pointed to in my article was the awesome and famous uh, advertisement that Jeff Goldblum narrated, There Is No Step 3. Do you remember that one where they had a guy yes. who was a maybe a PhD, but an expert PC user, they, they handed him a box and said, put this PC on the internet. And it was back in 1998, it was really hard to do. And the commercial showed a, a Bondi Blue iMac and Jeff Goldblum was narrating and he said, plug it in. And they'll show you plugging into the wall socket. And then he says, get connected. And you plug the RJ11 jack into your, into your wall ethernet. And you have a, 
app on your desktop and you click it, you enter your credit card information and you're on the internet with Earthlink. It was just awesome. It really changed the, the, uh, the game in terms of people getting on this new thing called the internet in 1998. I hope, and I have a, a hunch that Apple's thinking about deeply about how to change our TV experiences we were just talking about in the previous session. Let's integrate the experience. Let's make getting on the air simpler. Let's help people find their products, their TV shows easier. Let's change the user experience in terms of how we connect to the TV with our remote or through voice or through hand movements or some other technology. Let's take the next technological leap forward in our TV viewing experience, just as you described before the break. Well, is that the magical, mystical interface that Steve Jobs was talking about in his conversations with Walter Isaacson for that biography? Is, yeah. this, is this the secret he cracked? The integration factor? I don't know that Steve had a, a complete picture of that. Uh, if, if, if Steve Jobs had a complete solution to what we've just been talking about for the last few minutes, I'd be very surprised. In my own mind, I always thought of it in terms of he had a single point solution that you could expand from. Maybe it was a um, combination of Siri and, and a visual interface on the, on the screen. You know, we're still stuck in this desktop metaphor. We still have trash cans and 2D displays and we have files and folders and it goes all the way back to the Macintosh 1984, which was, what, 30 years ago. So if you, if you wanted to really help people figure out how to find things, maybe there's a better way than putting a channel guide up on the screen and having them move around with a cursor. One of the things that concerns me about that is the speech recognition reliability of Siri. You know, if you're talking to Siri with a iPhone in your hand and it's relatively quiet. She can understand you, but there's limits to what Siri can do. The last thing you want is for Siri to make a mistake because at that point you're going to put it down. You're going to say, Siri, I want to watch last week's episode of NCIS and I want to watch it right now. And Siri says, I'm sorry, I don't know what NCIS means. You know, and right at that point, you know, you're starting to get frustrated. So we can't have that. Go ahead. Well, I think... Part of a solution, if I knew the solution, of course, I'd be making the big bucks at Apple or somewhere. Part of a solution, I think, is to abstract the process. Because right now we think, you know, just like the file system, we think of on the Macs and they've basically moved away from that on iOS maybe too far. But the point being here is if you want to watch a show or see what's available to watch, you shouldn't have to think in terms of this app, this service, this channel. Right. I want to see NCIS. I don't care that it's on CBS Channel 5 here in Phoenix. That wouldn't matter. I just want to see the latest episode. I want to see House of Cards, the latest episode. I don't want to know it's on Netflix. If I have a Netflix membership, it can tell me that. You've got to be on Netflix first. I can get a warning. Sign up for Netflix first if you want to see it. I want to watch the content, not the channel. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. You've got this geek process that you have to go through. And it is very frustrating for consumers if there's a break somewhere in the process. Uh, the, For example, maybe the, the Blu-ray player, I had this experience, uh, would forget 
your your Netflix credentials all the after, time after 90 days. So that's why I switched over to Apple TV to watch Netflix because it never forgets my login credentials to Netflix. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that was, but it certainly drove me away from watching Netflix on the Blu-ray player. So you're right. There has to be a, a, a very subtle and complete understanding of what the customer wants to do and then put these pieces together in such a way that the computer and the intelligence of the system does all those steps for you. And you shouldn't be forced to play little games with your remote control, which is very important because right now, say you have several devices and you have the learning remote or the universal remote, like a Logitech Harmony, and you're stuck with, okay, I will switch to the source I want to see. But then if you don't point it exactly right, it's got to find the sensing point, the infrared source for that particular source, the set-top box or the cable TV box, whatever. It then has to, if you've got other devices hooked up, select your TV set, maybe your audio system. It has to integrate all that and find those reception points. And if you don't hold your remote properly... You're going to miss one. My wife does it all the time. She points the right. set always down at the speaker system. We have one of these base speaker systems from Zvox. And she points it down to the Zvox, but the direct TV box is missed and the TV doesn't go on. Exactly. Exactly. And not to mention another problem, and that is the rights to these, to these products come and go. Sometimes there's squabbles. Uh, for example, the Weather Channel is no longer available on DirecTV. Um, from time to time, that, that didn't Time Warner have a scuffle with CBS uh, last year? Right, but or also I think that Weather Channel has come back to DirecTV. Uh, okay. So eventually money talks. Yeah, so how do you keep track of these things? Uh, and how frustrating is it to... To go, uh, you know, okay, I want to watch last week's NCIS. Siri, uh, can you display it for me? And Siri kind of fumbles around for a while trying to realize that um, the, the local station that's providing the satellite feed is no longer carrying CBS. Well, negotiations continue. Um, or your, your, your favorite uh, movie or, uh, that you've been watching uh, is no longer available. Uh, I've heard stories about. Uh, people wanting to go back and watch a movie again for the second time on Netflix, and it's disappeared uh, from the repertoire uh, because the rights expired. Um, so that's why people still buy discs, because they know that their copy of A Born Identity is sitting there on the shelf on Blu-ray format, and they can watch it anytime they want to. Well, that's another big issue, too, about all this, which is the oh, matter yeah. of reliability. You want to know when you want to get a show, you can get it. And the problem now is you're dealing with contracts and expiration dates. And that's because Hollywood's just plain dumb. They don't realize that. They're not thinking about the user. They're looking at the bottom line saying, well, Netflix can't run this show anymore because they didn't send us the $4 million last month or we couldn't increase the price to $12 million a month or whatever the deal is. That's why it's not there. The customers simply want their content. They don't care about your contract disputes. They don't care about all these issues about blackouts for different shows because they can't be shown in your city. They don't want to know that. They want to know that when they sit down in front of their TV, 
I want to watch this show. I want to see Arrow. I want to see the latest episode of Arrow. And I want to see which DC villain he's going to fight this week. I don't care about anything else. I do care about telling you we have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. This is just a great segment. It's moving along so fast. For one more segment of the Tech Night Out Live. Think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com I'm a very bad man, and today I watched you leave for work. Then I kicked your door and took your stuff. Without a door devil reinforcing your door frame, it was like you invited me. Don't worry, I'll check back in a couple weeks. Once you've got new stuff. <laughs> door devils are available at participating Ace Hardware stores and locksmiths. Or visit doordevil.com. We love that you're passionate about GCN. And whether you're a listener, a business owner, or a radio industry professional, we've redesigned the new GCN newsletter to keep you in the know. Text GCN Live to 22828 or click on the banner at GCNlive.com. Enter by May 15th. You'll qualify to win a six-month supply of storable food from MyPatriotSupply.com. Start receiving your newsletter today. The future of talk radio. GCN. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy Byproducts from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. 
A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even if I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. Here on the Tech Night Out Live, John Martellaro of the Mac Observer joins us. And I was talking about integrating your TV experience. Before we move on to something sort of related, do you have a further comment? I do. The question in my mind is, given these legalities that we just mentioned, the licenses and the rights, given the technologies available to us, given the provincialism of the systems and the turf protection of the different companies, forcing these isolated mechanisms and source control and so on is it within apple's technical means to take a step forward or is the Gordian not too tough to solve that's the question in my mind what can what steps could apple take within the current constraints and and is the solution available through maybe apple's money can apple buy a solution in some sense uh, that's why that's why people talk about Apple buying Comcast or Apple buying Time Warner before the merger talks was to get vertically integrated and try to get a foot in the door and take over this communication system and ensure its its infrastructure that it has control of the means of delivery and has control of the content creation process by buying uh, you know, Comcast and NBC Universal, which That's would, too provincial, though, because Apple's looking worldwide. They're not just looking for the USA. That's true, and there'd be uh, antitrust issues and merger issues with that kind of thing, too. So, and, and it's looking like people can buy their way onto preferred you know, fast lanes on the Internet now, so maybe that's not as big a problem. And, 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 and Apple was also talking into Time Warner about perhaps building the box the box to end all boxes and all you do is plug one box into the wall and you plug it into your TV or your 5.1 system or your 7.1 system and you're done and, and maybe Comcast has a different agenda. Time Warner was a needy company you know, looking to compete with Comcast but uh, that kind of pulled the rug out from under Apple so uh, maybe that avenue isn't available to Apple to solve with cash. Oh, it's a tough problem. Speaking of tough problems, let's talk about 4K streaming. Of course, we have these new 4K sets that are coming online. And the theory, of course, isn't it great? They're offering four times as many pixels. You're going to see the sharper pictures. Of course, the big secret about 4K TV is this. That is, 
if you're looking at your TV, say you have a 50-inch set and you're watching it from, what, seven, eight feet away in bed or living room sofa, you will barely and probably not see any difference. Any difference you see in the picture will be related to superior color reproduction or something like that. You won't see a sharper picture. It won't resolve. If you have a 60 or 70-inch set, maybe you will. That's one dirty secret of 4K TV. But 4K streaming, are they going to send that many pixels down Netflix? Here's how we can put it into perspective. When you have, um, say, a Mac Pro delivering a true 4K signal to a 4K TV with 8 bits of color and two bits more uh, for, the, for the encoding, you're looking at almost 18 gigabits per second from that Mac Pro on Thunderbolt 2 to the 4K display. That's gigabits per second. Most of us who have home broadband think in terms of megabits per second. So what has to happen here is there has to be enormous compression and it's the compression technology that is the key to getting this 4K streaming signal into the house. And the technical issues with compression, how good the compression is, and compromises that you make in the, in the, in the picture really dictate what, what 4K is going to look like. And so I, um, I had a, a short email interview with... Uh, with uh, Chris Heinen of uh, Anantech and Secrets of Home Theater. Right. And he pointed out that 4K, in his perspective, needs to look as good as Blu-ray on your TV. So if you're paying for 4K and it has blotchiness and and color banding and and MPEG breakups that you don't see on your simple old-fashioned 1080p Blu-ray player, you're going to be annoyed because 4K, you, you were told, was so much better than, than 1080p. And so he started doing some math and he calculated what you really need, not at 60 frames per second because movies are at 24. So if you settle on 8 bits of color and you settle on extreme compression, I'm talking about 100 to one with uh, something called HVEC. Uh, that's H.265 compression. You can achieve 100 to one. And you're not really working on a really great signal. You can deliver a 4K signal with about, with about 40 megabits per second. And that's to deliver something that looks as good as Blu-ray um, from your disc that you pulled off the bookshelf. 40 megabits a second. 40 megabits per second. Now, I think, what's the average speed of broadband here, like 5 or 10 megabits? In the United States, I I mentioned in an article, um, let's see, here it was. um, It was at uh, Home Theater. No, wrong place. I found a reference article that said that the average home in the United States right now is 9.8 megabits per second. And remember, that's not free bandwidth because... You've got the iPhone going and the iPad, and maybe of that nine, maybe you'll have two or three left for the video after everything else. Uh, so Ethernet's pretty good about you know, sure. that. It's not a problem. But but the point the being point here, is, the point you, you, being here is that you can't do it until we get gigabit Ethernet. 
performance? Well, well, there's a bit of a gulf between that 40 megabits per second and what Netflix advertises is the minimum necessary, which which Reed Hastings has already declared publicly to be about 15 megabits per second. And what's that? What is that going to do? That's going to entail some additional compression over and above what would be considered equal to Blu-ray. And as Chris points out in his article, if you don't go to 40 and you settle for the 15 for advertising, for politics, for the sake of selling TVs, for the sake of selling your service, you're going to get into you know, color blocks, scene and shadows. You're going to see fine textures not there. You're going to see macro blocking. You're going to see MPEG breakup. You're going to see gradients and banding. And you're going to be kind of annoyed. So it's a bit of a stretch for the industry right now. Uh, TV set makers, especially Sony, they'd like to sell you a 4K TV. Netflix would like to deliver you 4K content. Comcast would like to make sure you're, you know, get the best possible service and uh, crank up your, your payments in order to get, you know, lots of bandwidth. Everybody would like to cash in on this money. But 4K streaming is just on the edge right now. It's kind of a pipe dream. It's going to take a while. And so if, if you think you can get 4K streaming from Netflix at 15 megabits per second, yeah, but it isn't going to look real great compared to your Blu-ray player and you're going to be a little bit annoyed. And then, and then if you complain, well, it, it can always be chalked up to you know congestion, other network issues and things like that. And remember that Netflix is paying Comcast now for a preferred line to put their servers into Comcast's head ends and to do it that way. So you'll get a, you'll get a great, reliable 15 megabits per second. Oh, well, yeah, but uh, uh, you'll get your 15 megabits per second in a pristine signal, but this 4K image won't look any better than what you're already seeing with the best 1080p systems. Of course, part of this is the fact that they're going to hype this up the kazoo. They're going to talk about the fact that you're getting four times as many pixels theoretically. They're going to make everything look glorious, even though it's... Definitely not. John, okay. once again, we're going to make the point here, which is that if you have the greatest 4K signal, you have a gigabit down, you have low compression, whatever, you've got a beautiful set. If it's less than 60 inches and you're viewing that TV at a normal distance, 4K means nothing. It means diddly. Okay. That's the problem seen, with 4K. I've seen those charts. I've seen those charts. And um, 60 inches begins to pay off at around 10 feet. Okay. I, I think people are sitting closer to their TVs than some people would like to believe. They are. I'm not. John Martellero, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. Uh, you can find me at the Mac Observer, www.macobserver.com, and from time to time at thestreet.com. John Martellero, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. It was a pleasure. See you next time. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. 
If you own a business, you need customers, right? Well, your potential customers are listening to this radio program right now, and I can help you reach them. Hi, I'm Matt Brower, a national marketing executive at the radio network responsible for this program. I can help you customize a national radio campaign that fits your budget, large or small, while targeting your specific audience. Contact me to learn how radio advertising can make your business more profitable. M-B-R-O-W-E-R at GCNlive.com. That's M-Brower at GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2014 for 20% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have tech journalist Dan Berg joining us with a lot of topics to cover, and let's just hit the ground running. Okay, Dan, let's start with Apple's performance, of course, was really stellar at the quarterly announcement of financial results for March quarter. They didn't sell as many iPads. I'm not going to get into this smoke and mirrors there about, well, it's the sell-through and the sell-through and the inventory, and there used to be a guy on... TV, an old vaudeville comedian named Al Kelly. I don't know if you remember him, Dan, you're too young. But this guy would come on like The Tonight Show and he'd be a professor or something. And he'd start talking and then everything turned to gibberish. And people would think, well, the guy has to be saying something, but I don't understand it. And it turned out that was his shtick. He was a double talk expert. Okay. Anyway, so Apple announces a 7-to-1 stock split, and the buybacks increased by $30 billion. And the next day, Apple's stock price soars. Not because they're sore, but the stock price went up for the higher-than-expected sales except for the iPad and all these announcements. And some people are suggesting, you know what? What Apple's doing here is smoke and mirrors. They're playing the stock market game to cover up the fact that there are no really new products to announce except that MacBook Air refresh, which was very minor. What's your take? 
So we are one month away from WWDC, and it really remains to be seen whether Apple is going to have a new product. I mean, I think that they are. Tim Cook last year said flat out that they're going to be introducing a new product category this year. Whether that's going to happen at WWDC next month or whether that's going to be later on in the year when they usually announce the new iPhones, that remains to be seen. But I definitely think they are going to be trying something new. So this stock split is, I don't think that it's kind of smoke and mirrors or trying to artificially raise things just because they don't have anything new because they flat out said that they are going to have something new. Whether whether that's going to be a success or not, that remains to be seen because, I mean, if it's a wearable, if it's a watch or some sort of band or something like that, we also have Google that just announced the wearable Android operating system and you have the Moto G, the new watch that just, it looks amazing. It looks brilliant and it looks like the stuff that Apple would be doing. So it remains to be seen if Apple can really keep up with this, but I I definitely think that we will see some new stuff from Apple this year. Well, of course, they have no choice now. They've promised it. And when they say new categories, we could maybe use a little defining of our terms, but certainly an iWatch is a new category, a newfangled Apple TV is not, an Apple TV set is, of course, we'll have to see. But, you know, that's one of the things that people are saying. But we understand the valuable things that Apple is doing with regard to stocks and everything else. I mean, Steve Jobs wouldn't have done that, though. Would he? I mean... I always try to to stay away from what Steve Jobs would have done because I think Steve Jobs would have done what he needed to do in order to keep the company moving forward and doing well. And he released a lot of products and there was a lot of uh, things that happened under his command that looking back, like if they if, if they made the decisions now after he was gone – we would have been saying the same thing, that Steve Jobs never would have done that. And so I, I, it's hard to say what would have happened if Steve Jobs was still uh, in command. Well, he said famously, don't do what I would do or what you think I would do. Do what you think is right. Supposedly, if these people understand Apple's DNA, they'll make the right moves, even though they may not be the moves he would have made. I also think it's fair to say that a lot of the products we're seeing now were put in the pipeline by Jobs three years ago or two and a half years ago. Yeah, I have absolutely zero doubts about that. I think that everything we're seeing now and everything we're going to see probably before the next, I would say, two to three years was all things that uh, Steve Jobs got the the ball rolling and really knew about and kind of formulated. Obviously, the final product that comes out is going to be different because that's years of development and refinement. But I definitely think that if we see any sort of development in terms of a wearable or we were talking about defining categories in terms of Apple entering a new category. And that doesn't have to necessarily be a, a physical product or a wearable. They could be introduced, entering a new category, and the category is television. So it's it's the software side of the Apple TV. So they could be announcing deals with different cable providers in order to bring individual channels is like buying them. And I I highly doubt that that's going to happen. But just in terms of how broad we need to be thinking that Apple might not have a new physical product. They could release something that's absolutely just as revolutionary as anything it's ever done, except be software like iTunes. That was revolutionary. That's a new category. That's, That's making people actually buy music online rather than illegally download it, which they did as soon as Napster came out. And 
I, I think that that's just as revolutionary, and that that could be a new category, quote unquote, that Apple is entering. This implies, therefore, an Apple subscription TV service of some kind. Exactly. And and in, I mean, a service like that, it, it's hard to really see the financials in it. It might be difficult. I mean, if Apple is able to build the contracts and formulate the financials the way that they want, they're, of course, just going to take 30% off the top because that's what they do for everything else, for all the music, all the books, all of the apps. If you're selling anything through Apple, Apple takes 30%. Done. That's it. And I don't think that they're going to want to enter uh, the television area or that new category with taking any less. And I think that that's one of the big holdups in the big negotiations. So if they can make it financially feasible to enter the category, I could definitely see them trying to do that. Let's get back to the new categories again in a moment. I wanted to just bring something I alluded to before. Okay, so this week Apple announces a MacBook Air refresh, a very minor refresh, slightly faster processors, supposedly more battery life with iTunes content. But the big thing was cutting the price by $100. Now, $100 isn't a lot, except when you consider the largest portion, the sweet spot in the PC notebook market is between $500 and $1,000. So by selling the entry-level MacBook Air for $899, it hits at the upper end of the sweet spot. So is there a psychological maneuver that Apple's engaged in here? See, I, I definitely think that, I guess that's one possibility, but I think the best way to look at Apple's moves in terms of the price drop and different stuff is not to compare them to what their competitors are doing or where the sweet spot is because Apple doesn't really care about any of that stuff. Like, it's doing its own thing and it's based on its own uh, history. Like, it bases the product drop based on what it knows it will be doing in the future. And this is my prediction as to why these prices dropped now. As I think at WWDC, Apple is going to announce a new Air, and this Air is going to have Retina, or it's going to be a Retina Air, have some super high-resolution screen. But because it has that super high-resolution screen, the battery life is going to drop significantly because you need a lot of battery life in order to power that big, powerful screen. So I think that that's going to be the high-end MacBook Air is you, you're going to compromise on battery, but you're going to get this amazing screen for designers and people that need the really high resolution. And then at a slightly lower price tier, you're going to have the MacBook Airs that he that were just released and that were just minor updates because those are the ones that are the workhorses, the battery life. Those are the ones that I would use because I don't need to see the pixels, but I want to be able to grab my air and go to the coffee shop and spend hours and hours and hours there without actually worrying about battery life. Because all the Starbucks in New York City, you walk in there, they have taken out all of the power cords, the power ports. You can't charge your laptop anymore because they don't want people staying there. And if I if I really want to get the air so it'll last 12 hours and I could just spend the entire day in the coffee shop again. Yes. And they're going to get really tired of you for not buying the $5 cup of coffee, Dan Berg. So you got to watch yourself. Oh, I never buy that coffee anyway. You don't, huh? You don't want to spend $5 for a cup of coffee? You know, they sell coffee for like a dollar and a half at the local convenience store. Of course, you make the coffee yourself. It's what, a few cents a cup? There. I'll just go in and sit down. <laughs> okay. We'll sit down for more chit-chat with Dan Berg on the other side. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. 
first game Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Mike Stennerson for Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Heart and Body Extract continues to receive positive testimonials from people who have experienced amazing results, like Reed. I just wanted to send you a quick but a very big thank you for Heart and Body Extract. I've been on the formula for nearly a month now, and the improvement in the circulation of my legs has been simply amazing. Reed was facing a tough choice. I was facing surgery due to the severity of the 100% blocked arteries in both my legs. And my decision, waiting for surgery, to say no and try heart and body extract instead 
has been thankfully the right decision. And the result? I can now walk up steps without noticeable pain. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Here on the Tech Night Out Live, we have tech columnist Stanberg, and he was speculating that the next MacBook Air would have a retina display, but maybe a battery with not the same amount of life. I don't know about that, because the regular MacBook Pros with retina display have pretty good battery life, so possibly Apple might introduce some special model like 12 inches, but snake in some more battery goo in there and somehow get more battery life. Show some power efficiency. Show some new technology, but it's only 100 or $150 above the basic MacBook Air. That's what I think. I think they're going to give you something that has pretty good battery life, especially if you want to spend 10 hours at Starbucks without buying the $5 cup of coffee. Just my opinion. It's a possibility. I mean, I think it'll still have good battery life. Like, I think eight hours instead of the 12 hours. Because right now the airs get 12, which is amazing. If they dropped it down and because of the high-powered screen or the retina screen, it's like eight or seven. That's still amazing and that's still industry leading, but just not as good as the other ones. And I think that that's more what we'll see. All right. But what about the way the Mac pricing has gone? Because the MacBook Pro with retina display, the prices of those were cut sometime back by $100 or so. So that has been the tendency to move the prices down in the Mac lineup. And I was speculating, this is not the first time you're going to see this. Maybe the next Mac Mini will be $100 less, which actually restores it to the price it was sold for when it first came out in 2005. It was $499. Now it's $599. goes back to $499. So you lop $100 off the iMac. So this is part of the trend because Apple is using the same components Obviously, they're building high volumes. They're getting better and better prices on those components so they can afford to sell them for a little bit less. I think they've already opened the door with the previous MacBook Pro Retina display and MacBook Air adjustments. You'll see that across the board except for the Mac Pro. What do you think? I think that it might be a better parallel to pull rather than looking at what they've done with the pros or with the other notebooks in the past is to look what they've done with the iPad. Because when the very first iPad with Retina came out, it cost the same as the previous iPad did, but it had the Retina screen and it had lower battery life. And then it took another year for them to really catch up and release iPad that was really good, but they always sold the two. It was the high end. In this case, it was the Retina one that got worse battery life. And then last year's model, which was slightly less expensive, but also still a good model. And I mean, if we're looking at the Air and kind of look at it as last year's model, even though it got the refresh, it feels new, just like the uh, iPhone 5C felt new, even though it was the 5 that had a different case. So it's all speculation. Apple could do any number of these things. I mean, my guesstimate is that 
they're going to have the retina. It's not going to have as good of a battery life, but it's going to cost more. And then alongside it, they're going to sell these ones that they just announced and are selling now. Now, this is a topic that kind of just occurred to me here with the iPad. As we see, of course, that Apple reported that the iPad sales were several million below the previous year. Now, one way they could jumpstart iPad sales, taking care of economies of scale, the fact that maybe the refreshes won't be so major this year, is to also knock maybe $49 off each model. It doesn't hurt to do that if Apple can keep margins up and they move a lot more product. I mean, you have to do it gently. But I kind of see where if Apple can do it on the Mac side and the iPad sales are flattening, maybe they would find ways to give more value and maybe a slightly lower price. That's actually, that's really interesting. It'll be interesting to see what they do because I think that Apple might do that, but the way that they position themselves as the reason why is going to be not to make more sales. Well, obviously it's going to be, they're not going to be like, we want more sales, so we're going to adopt the price. But I think that it will be releasing another product that has a new feature at a higher price point and then knocking what they're currently doing down, but not necessarily like last year's model that they're selling for less, but finding some way to sell through the parts at a lesser price, but marketing it as a brand new product. I mean, that's what they did with the iPhone 5 when they released the 5C. And I definitely think that they're going to continue to use that tactic because it was interesting to me. I, of course, as a tech journalist, when they announced the 5C, I was really wondering, like, who who's the target audience for this? Because Nobody that I knew really was, but more and more, of course, you didn't see on day one because the people that are buying the phones on day one are buying the 5S, not the 5C. But more and more, I keep seeing the 5C around and I have friends who have the C and they're very happy with it. I, I think that that's really telling in terms of Apple being able to sell its old components, but brand them as new and people feel like they're getting a new product. And I think that's really smart. And I think that that's really the model that we're going to be seeing moving forward. And I think that's kind of what they're doing with the air. And I think that they're going to continue doing that moving forward. Well, if we're looking, of course, here at repackaging, which I guess is what we're talking about here, we're talking about clever repackaging of different products. But there's a perception that the iPhone 5C is not successful. But Apple Insider's Daniel Aaron Dilger did some checking and he says, it's amazingly successful, and they sold more of those than the entire output of some of the cell phone makers, such as BlackBerry, in terms of smartphone quantity. So, you know, he said they're selling quite a few of them. It's just that they sold more of the iPhone 5S than they expected, which, of course, is a good thing. And why is it a good thing? Because that way, Apple earns more money because the average sale price is higher. But that's just an observation. Yeah. Now, if we're going to stay, though, on the iPhone, Maybe look at what the next iPhone is going to bring. Of course, the speculation is there's an iPhone 6 coming out, which we assume is going to happen because that's how Apple does the numbering. It's the alternate year product with a full version increase. They're suggesting it's going to be a 4.7-inch version. In fact, I've heard no other sizes lately. It's centered on 4.7 inches, and then they talk of a phablet, which is, you know, like a small tablet with a smartphone, of five and a half inches. Now, I can't see the phablet, except that supposedly 40% of the people in China who buy smartphones buy phablets. So Apple wants China, I guess they're going to have to do this kicking and screaming or something? I think it would be, I would be very, very surprised if we saw a five and a half inch iPhone or any sort of product from Apple that also makes phone calls. Anything is possible. And I, I think that it's very, very 
unlikely. And I mean, I have been hearing the same rumors about the larger screen. And I think that uh, as much as I personally don't agree that that's where things should head. I I kind of see that that is where even our culture here in the U.S. is heading that way because I have friends that are now uh, like finally they've had iPhones all the time. They're now moving over to the Samsung Galaxy. And the one thing that everybody says is, oh, my gosh, the big screen, you're you're going to love it. And I, I want to be like, is it really that big of a deal because the, the smaller size it fits better in your pocket it fits better in your hand you don't have to like reach you can do it with your thumb all the entire side like i just think that it's the optimum size for a smartphone but people don't really think that anymore and i i mean i think apple has to respond to that so i do think that there's a very very good possibility that we will see a larger iphone yes perhaps we've got dan berg on the show on the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com It's hard to imagine when things are going reasonably well, just how quickly things can change. But what would it take? Economic collapse? Massive crop failure? Chemical or biological attack? So many situations could find you in the grocery looking to pick up food for your family only to find that the shelves are empty. There's nothing. Don't let that happen. Act today to make sure that if it ever comes to that, you and your family will be provided for. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com to look at the wide variety of survival foods available. Freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy store longer, rehydrate faster, are nutritionally superior to, and taste better than any other long-term storage food available. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com or call toll-free 866-404-3663. FreezeDryGuy.com This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. 
General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hootia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Dan Berg yeah. joins us. He's a technology journalist, and I'm Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night Out Live. We're talking about the possible iPhone 6. He doesn't think there's going to be a phablet, but certainly a 4.7-inch iPhone would be good. Now, if you look at what Tim Cook said when he was asked about this, would Apple do a larger iPhone? He said they want to overcome various and sundry issues with the technology. I guess picture quality, battery life, stuff like that. And when they perceive they've done that, they will therefore release possibly a larger model. He didn't say that. He just said we have to overcome the deficiencies. And it can be argued whether those deficiencies really exist. But that opens a big door. Yeah, I definitely think so. And I think that we're nearing the point or Apple is nearing the point where it should be able to do the things that it wants to do technologically wise. Like it has the technology to be able to support the things that it wants to do. Because I think for the past years, kind of having a smartphone that had a big screen that performs as well as iPhones perform was difficult. And I think that that was one of the reasons why they were keeping the smaller size and the smaller screen. But I, I, I have to believe that the technology is progressing such that they can support a larger screen now. And if they can now support it and they see that that is what the market is asking for, I definitely think that they're smart enough to do it. And I don't think that they'll be hypocrites for saying they're never going to go larger because you live and learn and you grow and you adapt to the market or else you die. But 
It'll be interesting. I'll be sad. I'll be sad when there's a larger one. I mean, I'll probably have the larger one in my hand and I'll be so excited, but the me right now that's thinking about it, I'll be sad because I like, I like the size of my 5S. It's nice. I like it. I don't think that Apple would stop selling the smaller model, but obviously if customers want that, and Apple certainly has to meet needs of customers, even if they want to do it on their own terms. That's the point there. So obviously if there's going to be a 4.7 inch iPhone, it's got to be as small, as compact as possible to make it as convenient as possible to use. Maybe reduce the bezel sizes, things like that, make it easier for you to navigate. So there's always going to be an issue there. It's just like we didn't think they'd do a 7-inch tablet. They did a 7.87-inch with the standard aspect ratio, perceiving that when it's horizontal, when it's landscape, there's more vertical space to navigate. So they always find a way. There's always a kind of a little bit of a X factor there. Yeah, I mean, they always do find a way. And it's very possible that the iPhone 6 will not be called the iPhone 6. Instead, it will be the iPhone Air, just like they did the iPad Air. And it's going to be thinner and slightly larger. And it'll be different enough that the following year, they'll do the iPhone Air 2. And they'll start a whole new counting system. And they, they could do that. And with a larger screen size, I think they're in a perfect position to brand the phone as something new, as an evolution of the old one. And I said that I'd be sad when I have the larger phone in my hand versus the new one. And they they might still have the two sizes, but I think that there's always going to be one phone from Apple that has the most technology in it. Like the iPhone 5S that has the fingerprint scanner, which you don't have in the 5C. And that's the reason why I have the 5S, because I want to try these cutting edge technologies. And I definitely think that if Apple releases a larger phone. If they do have a smaller one, it won't have the same technology as the bigger one because they're they're still going to have their flagship. And the flagship, of course, is going to be the one that I need to have and other tech lovers and fans need to have as well. All right. Well, maybe. Maybe what we could do here is if I really like the iPhone 6 and I have some spare cash, what I do is have my wife get the iPhone 5S, sell her 5C, you know, use that money to pay for a new phone. I don't know. We'll have to see how we work that out because there's always something going on there. All right, let's go back to the iWatch. All right. Now, a lot of these smartwatches I see, they look real cool, but my perception is they come across as gadgets for geeks. And since we're geeks, we love these gadgets. But Apple, by the way they're staffing, they want fashionable accessories. They want something that anybody who wants to buy a really nice-looking watch would want to pick, not just somebody for the sharper image set, if you know what I mean. There's no sharper image anymore, is there? Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I think they are. They're not very loud, but they're around still. Well, okay, so you get the point here. If Apple is going to do this, it has to be something that is not like the current products. It may have many of the features of the current products, but the look is going to be different. Again, it's going to be a fashionable item, maybe a piece of jewelry, maybe a higher-end model that actually costs quite a bit of money, and then you have the affordable model, like you do with watches from all the major manufacturers. But then also, I think if they do an iWatch, it's got to be something that does a lot of its stuff alone without having to connect to your iPhone. Yeah, I think we're honing in a lot closer on what we want that technology to look like. I think that 
while I think that iOS is still ahead of Android, I think that Android is starting to do a few really compelling things. And I remember back when I was reviewing smartphones more heavily, what what I would do to review them is I would use them full time and that was my phone. And my home base obviously is my iPhone, but I would be using these Android phones for long periods of time. And one thing that I absolutely loved was Google Now and the contextual based alerts and reminders and information. And Apple still doesn't have that. You have Siri that you can interact with, but it's not it's not contextually aware in a way, in a way that's helpful. And I think that with Android moving into wearables and being able to bring that Google Now technology into a watch, that that's really compelling. To have a little alert when you need to leave somewhere and go to a meeting, that that's helpful to me and that's helpful to a lot of people. And I think what Apple does wearables is going to have user needs lead the direction of the technology because user needs information, needs to know when it needs to leave for a meeting. And that's why it's wearing a certain piece of technology. And I think wearables have kind of, for a long time, not been that. It's been about like, we have the technology, look what we can do, but they didn't really have the need. And I think Apple tries to make sure they have the need first and then release the product. And I think that that's, we're, we're approaching that point where society as a whole has a need and that's when Apple's going to come in and fill it. We'll have to see where that turns out. But it looks to me like I don't know how many products Apple is going to introduce this year in new categories. But new categories don't mean new iPhones. They don't mean new Macs. They don't mean new iPads. So I think an iWatch is going to be among them. And I'd be very curious to see where that goes. Now, at WWDC, I have another bit of speculation here. That if they're going to release an iWatch, and there's been no iWatch in the past... They may want to get developers on board with special apps that work well with that form factor. So that being the case, they would use the WWDC to show you a prototype iWatch. Here's what we're working on, folks. It's going to be out this fall sometime. But now we want developers to get in on the ground floor with their new apps. It creates demand for a product. There's no existing product, so there's no demand to kill. Yeah, I think you've just hit the nail on the head, and those are my thoughts exactly. The only reason that Apple would announce an iWatch or a wearable at WWDC is if it needed developer support in order to grow the product or be able to develop for the product. If it didn't need developers and it didn't run apps, it didn't do anything else, I think they they would just say, hey, this is a new product that we have. You can go buy it on Friday because that makes people go nuts and people will line up since the announcement and wait and go and pick up the new product. But if they do need developer support, then there will be the announcement at WWDC, which is why I'm really excited and why I think that it is actually going to be a watch that runs new apps, new categories. And that's exciting for me too, because I'm starting to develop more apps myself. And so I have three, I have two iPhone apps and one Mac app. If they announce something for a watch, I am going to jump on that because as we've seen with the iPhone, if you can get in early with your apps, there is a lot of money to be made within new categories. So I'm, I'm excited. I hope so. I, I want to get down on it. Fair enough. We'll have more to say about WWDC in our final segment. With Dan Berg, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The Nation. 
nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network, the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two Black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. Howdy folks, Pharmacist Ben here, nutritional pharmacist and skincare chemist. If you've heard me on my daily health and wellness program, The Bright Side, you know I'm on a mission to spread the good news about the power of nutritional supplementation to correct your health care challenges and get you feeling vital and healthy once again. I want you to call 877-279-9422 and check out the powerful, affordable line of nutritional products from Longevity, the ones I take and the ones I recommend. That's 877-279-9422 or go to www.gcnminerals.com. Why simply mask your symptoms with toxic pharmaceutical drugs when you can address causes with vitamins and minerals? I suggest the Healthy Start Pack. It gives your body the essential 90 nutrients it needs. Most people notice a difference right away. You can sign up to help me spread the good news of health and wellness without drugs and maybe make a little money too. 
And while you're there, don't forget to check out my important video message. That's GCNminerals.com or call 877-279-9422. And remember, friends, good nutrition is good medicine. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. On the Tech Night Out Live, I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Dan Berg, tech columnist. We're looking over Apple Inc. Lots of things to talk about here. WWDC coming June 2nd, okay? And we know there's going to be a new iOS, iOS 8, we presume, an OS 10.10 for the Mac. Now, with iOS 8, there have been talk about some kind of health and fitness app or integration. What's your perception of what iOS 8 will do? I think that... The, I think it's called Healthbook is what either they're calling it or that's the working name or anything. And I think that that's actually one of the biggest clues that Apple very well might release uh, a wearable at WWDC. Because, I mean, I've seen the screenshots. I definitely think that it's handy. It's useful. It's kind of like what Samsung is doing with their health mate or whatever they're calling it. And... Yeah, I'm excited. I think iOS 8 is going to be a nice refinement because obviously iOS 7 just turned everything on its head in terms of the way things look and the way things act. And iOS 8 is, of course, going to be a refinement of that. And I think a lot of people are excited for that refinement, myself included. Also, I think a lot of the complaints about iOS 7 have been about or somewhat of a raggedness of the user interface. And we kind of think here having a year to work it over they will make improvements. I kind of expect we're reaching a point here with Apple Maps where there will be built-in transit information from any cities because of all these companies Apple's bought. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of my favorite subway apps is Embark, Embark NYC, and a few other cities. And it's basically just a really amazing subway application for how to get from one place to another. And that was one of the companies that Apple bought. And Apple bought them a while ago now. So I have no doubts that we're finally going to see transit directions in iOS 8. And I am so ready for it because being in New York City and using the subway all the time, I hate having to like switch between Apple Maps and Google Maps because I use Apple Maps, I would say, 90 to 95% of the time now just because it works well and they've worked out all the kinks. And it's been amazing how fast they were able to work out the kinks and really have a mapping application that rivals Google, who's been doing it for years and years and years. Yeah, I think they're, they're going to put the transit directions in there, and I'm probably never going to really have to use Google Maps on my phone again. Well, I think when it comes to accuracy, I've caught Google Maps doing some pretty nasty things, and people don't mention it. So I don't know. I realize the Apple Maps system was very ragged, and I think the big mistake they made at the beginning was to say or imply this is a finished product. They should have said this is beta, like the original version of Siri was beta. We know there are going to be problems. If you see something wrong, if you see directions that aren't quite right, if you see directions that when you want to go to L.A., you end up in Montreal, we want you to work with us to correct that. And as we improve, we'll get better and better and we'll be the best map out there. But by not doing that from the outset, I think they lost the PR war for a long, long time. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, the advice that you just gave to Apple is the advice that is given to startups. Every startup that is launching right now is given that exact same advice. And that's how they actually succeed is because they build a product that does the quote unquote minimum viable product. So the minimum number of things in order to kind of operate and work. And then it goes out and they get feedback and they see how people use it and they see what bugs people run into. Because especially with a piece of software that is instantly going to be in the hands of so many people that it's impossible during uh, quality assurance testing to catch all those bugs and catch all those problems. So you need to be able to ask people that are using the app once it's released to do that. I mean, the same with video games that are coming out. They have the mass release, and the first few days, they just have a ton of bugs because it's impossible to get everything during QA, and just all of a sudden, on one day, you're having so many people using it, and you need to take advantage of that because we have the technology to capture it. There's no reason why they shouldn't be, and that was a, a big mistake on Apple's part. Now, you notice what they just did with OS X. They made betas available to anyone who signs up free. That's because... The operating system is free. Now, assuming that continues, when the next OS is announced, OS 10.10, they make it available for consumers to download and test. They're going to get a much wider range of people reporting problems. And by the time it's released, it's going to be a much better OS. That's one possibility. That's the hopefully it works that way possibility. The other one, I have a developer account for both iOS and Mac because I have apps on both platforms. And previously, until they released the seeds, the the beta versions to the public, I, it was available to me, but I did not install the OS Mavericks, even though I could on my computer, just because there were so many issues with it. And at the time when that came out, I was working at The Verge and there were two or three people in the office that installed Mavericks and every day they were complaining and there were so many issues and I, I just don't want to deal with that. And those were intelligent people that knew technology as our usual developers. If they're making this available to the general public and their betas still have a lot of issues, I think they might just be giving themselves a headache. So it remains to be seen. Yeah, the pool of people that are trying stuff is going to be bigger, but they're not going to be able to report the bugs properly. They're not going to be able to know what to do or look for. So it, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Well, it's possible here what they will do is offer the 1010 betas late in the cycle. Yeah. Like the last month or so. When they know it's getting pretty close to release, let's just check out the last few bugs. The original developer releases are always really, really shaky. So that might be the question here, a question of timing. Yeah. And I mean, particularly recently, especially with iOS 7 and Mavericks, it was almost the golden master, which is the last version that a company will release before it releases the official version is called the golden master. I think that was like the first version that didn't have bugs. Every single version up before that had issues that really made it so that you wouldn't even want it on your production device, like your main device. So it'll be interesting to see how Apple does it because Maybe they've got things better now in their cycle. They're, they're moving to the yearly cycle. They've got things more under control, so it's going to be better now. But as of last year, it, it was pretty rough for a long time. Now, in terms of OS X, is there a killer feature you'd like to see in the next version? For me, no. It'll be interesting to see what Apple does. I mean, the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to is new faces on some of the apps. Notes. I know that it looks better than it did, their Notes application, but it's still, I think it's ugly as sin. And that's mostly what I'm looking for. I There aren't any real features that I really need. 
Well, I think we'll see, of course, visual changes. It will yeah. be a flattening of the interface in keeping with what they did with iOS 7, not because they're going to make them both the same, but just to make the look to be more aligned Cohesive. with the other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, closer alignment. Yeah, and I think that it's, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for a brand new look on my computer. I think if you look at the growth of OS X, there's been a gradual flattening from the very beginning. It started with Aqua, it was lickable. Subsequent releases became more refined in their look and feel. It's been a very gradual process. So the next stage may be a less gradual process. Yeah, that, that's very true. And I, I think it's funny, looking back now, I remember when Apple was first doing this move to the more simplistic, the flatter stuff, and it was really... Windows and the new Windows that did it first and Apple was moving towards that direction. I think that's going to continue to happen. I, I still really like how Windows looks, even though I couldn't use Windows myself full time. But Well, of yeah. course, it's not going to be like Metro. No, no. <laughs> We're talking about Thank, Windows 7 here, by the way. Re-released. Yeah, Windows 7. Dan Berg, tell our listeners where we can find more of the things you do. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter. It is Dan Berg, and that's Dan with two N's. And I also blog at novicenolonger.com. You can find us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. That's Tech Night Owl at Twitter. You can also find Gene Steinberg on Facebook. And when you find him, take a look at his face. If it's as ugly as mine, no doubt he's me. Go to technightowl.com to find our main forums. And we've got another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called the Paracast. And this weekend, we're going to talk about cryptozoology, you know, Yeti and Loch Ness Monster, with Lauren Coleman, one of the foremost experts in that field. To find out more, go to Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. Here on the Tech Night Out Live, Dan Berg, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.